Hey everybody, what do you call a basketball player that misses dunks? Say alley whoops. I'm Pastor Colt. Welcome to the Daily Devotionals podcast for kids and adults. Today we are still in our journey throughout Mark's gospel. I believe this is the 40th devotional. Uh, doesn't that just point to how awesome the Bible is? I mean, we certainly haven't covered everything. We could go through it all again and say a whole bunch of different stuff. We won't, but we'll just pick up in uh, verse 27 of Mark chapter 8. I'll read verses 27 through 30 today. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Well, my first question about these verses is, why would Jesus ask the question and then tell them not to tell anyone when they got the answer right? Well, we'll get to that. But let's just start at the beginning. As we start, let me just quote Charles Spurgeon to you. Charles Spurgeon was a pastor in London in the mid to late 1800s, and he was known as the Prince of Preachers. His sermons are are still popular to this day. Of course, uh, the King of Preachers is Jesus. So Spurgeon said this, discernment was not knowing the difference between right and wrong, but knowing the difference between right and almost right. I think that is important because as Jesus is with his disciples on a a day's journey from where they were in the last story, so they're walking quite a bit, they were walking along and Jesus asked the disciples who people say that Jesus is. It's important to know here that people obviously had their opinions on who Jesus was. The disciples didn't seem to have any trouble coming up with answers. They had heard things about Jesus. And it's interesting, though, that the disciples didn't say, well, people just look at you and they don't know what to think. But everybody had an opinion. And I'm sure everybody uh, thought things about Jesus. It's like today. People have very similar thoughts when it comes to who Jesus is. Some people say that Jesus is a great teacher. And while that's true, he is a great teacher. That really isn't the best answer. It's kind of almost right answer because he's much more than that. Some people say that Jesus is a great moral example to follow. Well, Jesus is the best moral example to imitate your life after. Jesus was sinless. There was nobody like him. And there was nothing morally questionable about him. He did nothing wrong, ever. So even though this is true... It really isn't the best answer. It's an almost right answer because that isn't all Jesus is. Do you see why I quoted the Prince of Preachers at the start? There is a lot of almost right answers when it comes to Jesus. We see a lot of this in our day. It might not be that we are actually asking who Jesus is, but the way we treat him really answers the question. 
For instance, if we continually hear sermons and Bible studies about how Jesus is a good moral teacher and we should follow his teaching, or about how we should do better at following his example, then we've answered the question wrongly, or at least the answer partly wrong and almost right. Again, Jesus is the perfect example for us to imitate. I'm not suggesting that he isn't. I would also say that if you are a Christian and you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, then God is at work in you, making you more like him. All that is true. Do you want to know what else is true? That if you continue to hear ways that Jesus is perfect and that you need to continually try harder to be like him, then you're going to get discouraged because you're not perfect like he is and you will always continually mess up. Jesus never lied. Let's just use lying as an example. Lying is a sin. The Bible is very clear on this. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's wrong to sin and Jesus never told a lie. He never fudged the truth. Now, if I told you that Jesus didn't lie and that you ought to be like him and that you ought to never lie, and here are five things that you can do to make sure that you do never that you never lie, the first thing that you could do is you could get up every morning and that you could pray to God to help you tell the truth. Now, that is a really good thing to do. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do it. I mean, if you can do if you do that, that's great. Get up in the morning, ask God, say, hey, Uh, Help me be a truth teller today. That would be great. Um, Always think about what you're going to say before you say it. Now, that's another really good thing to do, to always think about what you're going to say before you say it. Boy, that would get us out of a lot of problems, wouldn't it? And here's another thing. When tempted to tell a lie, always think through the consequences of telling that lie. And that might help us to be truthful. Again, those are helpful things. That's three things, not five, but you get my point. That's just things that are there that help us to to not lie. But here's what usually happens. We start off really well, right? We, We write those things down, those five things, and we start to really try to apply them to our life. We start praying every morning that God would help us tell the truth. We start off really trying to really hard to think before we talk and think about the consequences of of our lies. But before we realize it, we notice that we've told a lie. And the fact is, we might not have even thought about that lie at the time. We just did it without thinking. It was earlier that morning and our teacher asked us if we had did the assigned reading that we were supposed to do. And We didn't do it, but we said that we did. Then we start thinking about the other things that we lied about over the past week. Little dumb things that we told our friends that weren't true, that we lied to our parents, we lied to our teachers. I mean, nothing huge and life-changing, but still we lied just the same, and lies make us guilty before God. Now, at this point, we have a couple different choices. You can go back to your list of things and you can try harder. You can just try to do better. You can determine that you're going to do better the next week and you're going you're gonna to be like Jesus. 
or you can turn to Jesus and rest in Jesus. Let me, let me see if I can explain what I mean. Not only was Jesus a perfect example to follow, but Jesus was perfect for you. Did you know this? That when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that he took your sins and paid for them on the cross. So your sins were given to him. He died for them. But not only that, his perfect obedience, every area that he did right and never sinned, that was given to you. Your sins were given to him. His obedience was given to you so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your failures, but he sees the perfect obedience of Jesus credited to you. He sees his child, his son or his daughter, and his love for you doesn't depend on what you've done. His love for you depends on your relationship. This is what it means that our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. Sometimes you'll hear that kind of language. And that's what it means, that our sins are, are covered by Jesus. He's given us his obedience. So is lying to your teacher a sin? Yes, it is. Did Jesus die for that sin? If you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus, the answer to that is yes. In other words, for that one sin, you deserve to die. But for that one sin, Jesus died in your place. As Christians... Our sin should always remind us of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. But it should also remind us that one resides in us that is more powerful than our sin. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us to help us in our weakness. Now that is good news, isn't it? I think it's really important in our text that Jesus or that Peter declared Jesus to be the Christ or the Messiah. It's really the same word. Now, Peter and the other disciples might not have completely understood what they were confessing in that moment, but it was a very important question. In fact, what is so interesting about that confession is that so far in Mark's gospel, only God and demons have recognized Jesus to be the promised Messiah. These are the first humans, the first people to come to this knowledge. So if that's true, then why did Jesus command them to be silent? Well, the simple answer is that these disciples didn't exactly understand what they were confessing, and Jesus still had a lot of things to teach them about himself to teach them about the Messiah, the Christ. There was a, a lot of people during that time, a lot of people amongst the Jews that thought the Messiah would come and that he would be a, a, mere, a, a military leader and that he would lead a revolt against Rome. Now, Jesus was a liberator, but he was a liberator from a force that was far more powerful than Rome. And that is the curse of sin and death. Jesus came us to free us from sin's curse, from death's hold on us, not the power of Rome. And people didn't understand that. And, and Jesus had a lot to teach the disciples. So that's why he commanded their silence.
So join us next time for more of the Daily Devotionals podcast for kids and adults. My name is Colt Robinson. I am the pastor of Bethel Church in Yale, South Dakota. You can find us online at BethelMBChurch.org. You can find this podcast on the web at DailyDevosForKids.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you have questions or comments or joke idea, don't hesitate to have an adult help you reach out to me on the website. You can use the message feature there or in the episode description. Adults, if you like the podcast, please share it. Give a good rating on the podcast app and it'll help others find it. See you next time.